All right, so I promise that the, I can't promise that. I I promise you, fine, I'm a, I'm a promise that this is the last break that we're going to take. <laughs> we are done taking breaks because we finally have new movies coming out and we have new shows coming out and stuff is finally normal. We just went to like my home theater for the first time. We like it finally opened back up again. So that was fun. Um we're talking about Cruella today. And I'm here with Adri. Hi. And of course, Connor is nowhere to be found. Um, <laughs> if anyone get in contact with him, he might or not be dead. So if you could let me know, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, yeah, we're talking about Cruella. Um, this is kind of like, well, I get Raya and the Last Dragon, I guess, was the first Disney movie to come out in a theater in like a year, technically. Um, but so this is like the first, I guess non-animated this is uh, the first disney live action movie to come out in over a year um i don't remember what the last one was um wasn't it this is a real stretch it feels like four years ago and three months ago i (laughs) i don't remember oh well but um anyway uh so this is a very interesting movie uh and we, we will definitely get into that um yeah, so uh, if you enjoyed this, uh, be sure to check it out. We got we got a lot of stuff coming up. I know Loki's coming out. Uh, this is coming out on Monday, so I know Loki's coming out in just over a week. We will have uh, coverage on that for the uh, first episode. I'm so excited for that show. That should be a ton of fun. Have a lot of stuff coming out. Black Widow is finally coming out. I remember like July 2019. I remember graduating from high school and like that was when Comic-Con was and it was like Black Widow is coming out. And I was like, oh shoot, that's cool. And now it's <laughs> finally coming out two years later. I'm going into a junior year of college. So uh, that movie's finally coming out. Thank goodness. Uh, so we will, um, of course, be covering that. Um, I'm really excited to get into this. We, we saw it uh, on Saturday night mm-hmm. um, and it was it was quite the quite the time. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so let's get into it. Okay, so to start things off, I'd kind of like to talk a little bit about the history of the Disney live action things. We always kind of complain. I know Connor and I complain. I know you complain, mm-hmm. Adrian, about this, is that it kind of seems like Disney is just running out of ideas for what to do with their live action movies. So much so that they're just taking what their strength really is at this point. And it's always, I mean, Disney was built on animation. Right. Um, but, like, their strength has always been animation. So now they're just bringing all the animated stuff into live action. Just, like, redoing it. I know, like, Little Mermaid is coming out. Yeah. I mean, we've kind of trashed on The Lion King and trashed on Beauty and the Beast. I thought Aladdin was, like, somehow the best, like... Of all the movies that are just repeating the same beats as the original movie, I thought Aladdin was the best of all of them. Jungle Book is up there, too. But, um, yeah, so they have a kind of a complicated history with, uh, like, new ideas in the live-action space. Um, But in, I believe it was 2014, Maleficent came out. Mm -hmm. And Maleficent was very different because it wasn't Sleeping Beauty. Um, it It was basically just taking this really interesting villain that's like a really beloved villain even though she really doesn't do that much in Sleeping Beauty no but Maleficent is always like she's always very well known she's like one of the big villains especially in like I think of like the Fantasmic show she's like yeah. she's in there she's right very, everyone everyone True. knows Maleficent everyone loves yeah. Maleficent because she turns into a dragon yeah so she's like a fan favorite but she didn't really have much action in terms of like 
them like in her movie. Yeah, so there was no. Also, it came out in what the fifties, the forties. When did that movie yeah, come out? Yeah, I think in the fifties. The fifties, yeah. yeah, the fifties. So like, I mean, that was a while ago, and then like sixty years later, uh, Angelina Jolie is Maleficent in this mm-hmm. movie. I love that movie. I don't know, yeah. like that was it was such a creative idea. It was re- kind of retelling the story of Sleeping Beauty through Maleficent's perspective. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was, I mean, very well done. I thought Angelina Jolie absolutely killed. It. I mean, she was, I mean, it was she was awesome. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I think they're doing. Um, so they realized that that worked. Like, okay, we can take this villain, you know, that people really like, and really expand on that character, kind of uh, increase the the love for that character, and I think the main thing is it starts with a really good, like, performance, a solo performance from a real, like, an actor that is specifically cast for that role, um, and Emma Stone as Cruella is no different, we will get into that, um, but what do you, what do you think about these, those, like, the history of these live-action movies, should, I feel like Disney should be doing more of these, like, I don't know, like, I feel like the live-action remakes, the shot-for-shot shot remake that The Lion King was, basically, I don't know, it doesn't really have any heart. It's kind of just there. Right. I like the idea of of what they have done with Maleficent and with Corella. I like the idea because those original animated movies, they're very lighthearted and sweet, and you don't really get to see, like, the in-depth... You don't really get to explore the characters very much, like, their actual backstories and why they are the way that they are. Because they're just known as evil, and there's no, there was no explanation for why Maleficent was evil, aside from she was mad that they didn't invite her to the party. To, um, <laughs> but then you get to see the backstory of um, why Maleficent is the way that she is. So they really wanted to, I think they did a really good job expanding on her character, and the same with Corella. Um, I, I like the idea of them not just doing the shot for shot, because I think that that's kind of just, I think that they should really, I think that they should appreciate the fact that they can create more of the, of the already great stories that they have. They can really, Mm -hmm. they can, it's, it's, it's kind of like, I think of like Star Wars, how it was already a great thing. And then they've, they've created these more, more shows about little things in the movies and they're expanding on these stories. I think Disney could do a similar thing. They can expand Mm -hmm. on already great stories and already iconic characters yeah i i definitely agree with that i think that i just don't think that the the remakes of these live action movies are impressive I, it doesn't yeah i mean i'm not saying everything you do has to be impressive but like it's just not creative and like i mean oh my gosh it's disney like you guys like are the most probably the most creative studio right of the past like 100 years like come on guys we need to step it up so um that being said uh cruella um, I, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I think specifically what I really enjoyed was just how unique it was. It was, it kind of did the same thing as Maleficent where it really like, Maleficent I think embodied like the fantasy-ness of the world of Sleeping Beauty. Right. Um, which I mean, Sleeping Beauty obviously is like probably the most like fantastical Disney movie, like one of the most fantastical ones. Like mm-hmm. it's only about like a curse with a princess and it's like, it clearly is a fantasy, like, it's up there with Tangled and Cinderella. Right. Um, and it embraced that, uh, building on all, all all the stuff with Maleficent. Um, and her being not all bad, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, I think Cruella does the same thing, and it really embraces... I think... Let's pause for a second and talk about the original right. movie that, where Cruella DeVille originated, 101 Dalmatians. I, I love 101 Dalmatians. It's yeah. one of my favorite animated mo- Disney animated movies. And I really love 
just I love the vibe of it. It fe- for a lot of the movie, it's like kind of dark. Mm-hmm. Like it takes place in one night, basically the like the last half of that movie, um, and it feels like very dark. And Cruella Deville's like painted as a very like sinister, cunning villain. Um, do you feel like they did? I feel because I feel like what they did with this movie was they kind of embraced that like noirish, but like they hit like they kind of embraced her like a uh, devilishness or uh, as a character and really embraced that villain side of her without making her like totally evil like Maleficent. Yeah, I think that they did a really good job with that. Um, they were able to take, well, I think starting with her being a child, similar to Maleficent, it really explained why she is the way that she is and the way that she grew up. That explains also some of her cunningness. And I think that, that they did a really good job of just, because the original movie, like, her uh, her motive is very simple. She just wants the puppies, she wants them to get older so they have the spots, and she can make her coat, and she doesn't care about the fact that they're going to die. <laughs> um, that's that's all her character is. It's very simple, and that's that that's the way it is with um, the original Disney animated movies from the beginning. The stories are very simple, so it's easy for you to follow, and it's easy for you to like the characters. So what they're doing with Corella is they're really explaining why she wanted, why that coat was so important to her because she was interested in fashion and she had an eye for fashion and she knew what would make things look good and how to style certain clothing. So they did a, they did a really good job of explaining that. Um, they do a lot more than that. It's hard to, it's hard to, I don't want to spoil mm-hmm. anything, but, <laughs> but yeah, I think they did a really good job with them. Yeah, I think this like movie, obviously it is, it kind of doesn't take place in canon with the original 101 Dalmatians. In the same time, it's, yeah. It, it doesn't really, like, that movie, I think, takes place in the 40s, like, around the war, mm-hmm. World War Two. This movie is definitely, as like, it is in the 70s, and you can tell it's in the 70s. It's very heavily inspired by the, right. the fashion look of, of that era. Um, but it, it makes that movie and that original villain, the the um, animated Cruella, it, it, make, it totally makes her character way more, it makes her seem a little less obsessed. Like, with, right. just, like you understand why the way she is. She just, like, can't help. She has these impulses. Like, yeah. he's like, oh, I know that would look she, good. Like, yeah, we have to do herself. it. Right. Um, so I think that was great. And, yeah, and so they really dived into this fashion. Like, that is a theme through most of the movie. It is what drives kind of the relationships. It drives the villain, of course, which is the Baroness. I mean, if you count Cruella as kind of a villain, too. She's more of an anti-hero. So yeah. I guess the Baroness is, like, the evil one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so clearly, I think one of the strengths of this movie is it takes some of the bits from other movies that kind of had a similar, um, I'm not going to say like style, but they had a similar, uh, like just similar beats. I think one of the obvious ones is The Devil Wears Prada. Right. <laughs> Very obviously, this movie is influenced by that movie. And I don't care. I don't know if the directors have said or directors said anything about this, but guess what? Yeah, it's influenced <laughs> by that movie. Like, there's 100%. Like, this movie is feels very similar. Right. The characters, th- I think, feel very yes, similar. definitely. To The Devil Wears Prada. And I think also another one, <laughs> we joked because I saw this review come out, and they said Cruella is like Disney's Joker. And I was like, first of all, I highly doubt that because <laughs> the Joker maybe want to take a shower and hug my family. <laughs> so if Cruella makes me want to do that, I kind of don't want to go. <laughs> but... It, it feels a lot like that in terms of, like, the aesthetic look right. of the movie um, and some of, like, the noir uh, style of the film. So you want to, like, touch on that? Because we actually watched, unironically, watched The Devil Wears Prada, like, two weeks ago. Yeah. 
what, where did you see kind of the connections between those two movies? It was pretty obvious. Right. Um, but like, what did you, did you enjoy it? I think it worked. I think it totally yeah, worked. Yeah, I think so. Those two movies. Yeah. So because in The Devil Wears Prada, everyone knows if you've seen it, Meryl Streep is, you know, she's like the head woman for this huge, uh, like fashion industry. And she's the one who, um, who makes everything, who decides what goes and what doesn't. And this is very similar with the Baroness. The Baroness, everyone works for her and it's all about her, her, I don't even, I wouldn't even say it's her vision, but it's all about fashion, and um, I think that the way they were able to play Corella and the Baroness is very similar to, um, is it Anne Hathaway, Anne Hathaway mm-hmm. and Meryl Streep? Yeah. Those characters, those relationships are very similar, and mm-hmm. that's where you really see the similarity with Corella and the Devil Wears Prada. It's very similar. Yeah. Aside from the fact that Corella's actually interested in fashion, and Anne Hathaway's just trying to make her way up. It's very yeah. similar to the other, both trying to get make their way in that industry and in that mm-hmm. world and they they both want things so badly and they're they're willing to do anything to make that happen. And you can see that with Corella and that and her her love of fashion and her love of, you know, wanting to wanting to get her ideas out there is what leads to some of her um mischievousness and some of her like more sinister ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say so. And also it ties into her, her mischievousness ties into her um, past, too. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, de- I mean, the big one that stood out to me was, like, the Baroness, and I can't remember Meryl Streep's character's name, the Devil Wars Prada. I don't Gosh. remember I don't remember her name. <laughs> Gosh. Um, but, I mean, they're pretty much they're the very, same character. Yeah. <laughs> they pretty much took that. I mean, Emma Thompson plays the Baroness. I think she does a fantastic job. Yeah. Her and Meryl Streep, I've, like, always compared them. Like, in my mind, like, they're very similar. Like, they play some of the similar roles. Meryl Streep's a little more versatile right. than Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson kind of plays, like, like more of, like, a, uh, un, like a unhappy old yeah, person. Like, <laughs> and, like, Saving Mr. Banks, she plays right, that. Right, right. But, um, yeah, so those two characters, I think, are definitely alike. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it actually benefited a lot. I mean, obviously, you're telling a story about fashion and a girl making her way into the fashion industry. I think it makes sense to dwell on some of the aspects of the Devil Wars Prada. And they actually, it's a little more oriented, actually, back on Cruella, less than it, less than it is on the Baroness. Yeah. In the Devil Wars Prada, it's a little more focused on Meryl Streep's character. Right. Anne Hathaway's kind of there just observing. Yeah. This is very much focused on Cruella and the Baroness as a side character. I think that's what it kind of happens when, spoiler alert, if you already haven't gotten spoiled already, but... When we find out that the Baroness is Cruella's mother, birth mother, right, that ties it back into more focusing on Cruella instead of focusing on the Baroness. Yeah, it's it's there strained, and also in the flashbacks, she, there's there is something very significant that happens that that Cruella dwells on for her entire life, and then she finds out something about the Baroness, mm-hmm. and their strained relationship is what makes. Because the character's name is Estella. That's her name. Mm-hmm. And then her mom teased her, like, you're not you're not Cruella, you're Estella. So the strained relationship between the Baroness and Estella is what turns Estella into Cruella. And it's like she's this kind of whole other persona. And then she, the I love the sequence of the movie where she's just trying to get revenge on the Baroness, be, trying to show off all of her styles and mm-hmm. everything she can do with fashion, trying to... Because the Baroness is like, the big person at the time. Like, she's the one who's, like... It's similar, similar to all the other big, like, fashion industries right now. Mm. Um, she's the one who, who everyone looks to. So... Yeah. So, Corella having that strange relationship with her, that's what turns her into this person who's very bent on 
I'm going to show you what I can do, whether you like it or not. Exactly. Um, can we talk about that, like, dump truck dress or the garbage oh truck gosh. dress? Yeah. That was crazy. Like, that thing was, like, 30 feet long. Yeah. I mean, that my, was insane. My favorite part of the movie, I, I would say, is the whole sequence of, like, the Baroness attending all these events yeah. and, like, fashion, like, runways. And then Corella just comes in and ruins everything and, like, shows, mm. like, how amazing her fashion is and how cool it looks. Mm. So much better than the Baroness. And the others is one sequence where she's riding on the back of a garbage truck and her um her like train on the back of her dress is like is all, is made several of trash. feet yeah. long and it's <laughs> insane and it's so awesome. So yeah. That was really cool. Um I think that is a a nice lead in to talk about I think what is another big strength of the movie is the the cinematography and like the way the movie's shot is very is very unique, I think. Mm-hmm. Um it really felt, I don't know if you felt this way, it really felt like a giant music video. Um, and the music's a whole nother thing. We, we could talk about that after this. But yeah. it very it was shot like uh, quick action, a lot of uh, shots on people's right. faces mm-hmm. um, were a big thing. Uh, like caricatures, portraits were, were a big part of it. Right. Um, very fast-paced. It didn't, it didn't feel like an action movie. It didn't feel like an adventure movie. It felt very much like a... Like it felt like a fashion movie. Like it right. felt like like in a fashion a movie, it should of, get, it should be shot like a fashion. There movie. were a bunch of like news clippings that they showed and things like mm-hmm. that too. Um, during that like fashion sequence, because the new the uh, reporters were reporting on Cruella and mm. who's this mysterious character. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I really like the way it was shot. I think it was. It's very. It was very unique. Um, yeah. Yeah. Definitely, and I think another g- good thing about it is what you said earlier, like the '70s style. I think plays right. in really well with. Like the the story, um, and I get why they moved it to this era because this is when like fashion kind of started taking off. Yeah, like it was. I mean, kind of everyone wore the same stuff for like a while in history, but like the seventies where people started wearing like weird looking stuff was, and yeah. yeah. Weird looking stuff. People stopped really caring about what people thought. Yeah, the sixties and seventies was that revolution mm-hmm. where people the stopped feminist caring movement. What yeah, people thought and they wore whatever they wanted. Basically. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that definitely plays into it. I think they played Cruella up as this kind of like visionary designer of the Baroness. And I remember all these. I loved all the news clippings they showed on screen. It was like the Baroness, old news, all this stuff. It felt like it felt like the Deborah was product. Like it was a competition, like a, yeah. like a one up kind of scenario. Something else I really liked about the cinematography was not just how they showed Cruella and uh, her character forming. I loved how they showed everyone reacting around her her new persona. Yeah. I think that it, that was really interesting. Like people that she knew in the past were close with, they noticed there's this new change about Cruella mm-hmm. and. Her, her, um, everything, her confidence, her style, everything changed, and yeah. I really loved how they shot that, so that was really cool. Totally. Um, yeah, so I think, I mean, I would love to talk about some of the performances, mm-hmm. uh, in this movie. Specifically, and you mentioned how much her character changes. I thought, we'll, we'll, say, we'll save Emma Stone as Cruella for last. We talked a little about the Baroness already. I like to talk about, I, I mean, these are some of my favorite side characters, like in a, in a Disney animated or a Disney live action movie is Horace and Jasper who right. are in the 101 Dalmatians if you remember they're her kind of like henchmen yeah um but they really don't feel like that in this movie but they do kind of play with that idea um they're very they're the people who kind of take her in as she's an orphan um they're her two uh, friends like basically her only friends yeah um, she grows up with them and they kind of like help her 
get her standing. Uh, Jasper gets her her job working at this fashion store where she meets the Baroness and gets the job there. Like, they're very much uh, helping her, and they really want to help her because they feel like we don't really have much to live for. We're thieves, like petty yeah. thieves. But she has so much talent. Like, we're going to help her, and we really, like, actually like love her. Like, she's our sister. Yeah. I, I love that dynamic. I also thought they were absolutely hysterical. Right. As, as like, comedy. <laughs> as the com- really comedy, funny. comedic relief. Horace, I thought was so funny. Yeah. His bits were, like, Drax. Is, like, what I kept thinking <laughs> of, like, in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Um, If you had, like, what what stood out to you? I, I The Jasper relationship and with Cruella, right. I think, is what stood out I think me. Jasper with Cruella, it was something really special. And it's something I would have never have thought about them exploring. Because yeah, Jasper totally is not. just, like, a side... Like, he's just this, like, guy who does her work for her. I... I you wouldn't have never thought that they would have had a like you know a deeper relationship than that. Um, I think it's so interesting because he starts off supporting her dreams, supporting her goals, and then as she as Estella changes into this like different person, you can see him like not liking it. He's like, I don't like this new person because she's making them. She's she stopped like treating them as like family and started treating them more as just like her people doing her work for her. And he yeah. was like, I don't like this new person, and he mm-hmm. was like very disdainful with that and. Because he really cared about her, and he felt like by Estella becoming Cruella, her like her charm and like lovableness was like slipping away. Yeah. And I think that was really. I think that they did a really good job at the end of it too, of um, having them talk one on one about that and her, her her telling him that I'm still you know that that same I'm I'm my own new person, but also I still you guys are still my family, and that's mm-hmm. not going to change. Yeah. Um, I found that to be really something really interesting and really like something you would never have thought about them exploring. Yeah, it really much feels like they're like he is her. He's really perceptive of what she's feeling. She kind of hides her emotions a lot, mm-hmm. and, and which is funny because she's like Cruella Deville, like she's very out, out there. But like she really, she's like put. She's kind of putting on a facade of being really confident when inside she has conflict. I think Jasper is what like brings that side out of her of like having someone to talk to. Yeah. And then she kind of alienates him, which is interesting in your pursuit. It's reconciled by the end, which I thought was, it was really cool. Um, yeah. So, and in, with all these side characters, um, also including the dogs, the dogs are great. Also <laughs> some of them really good. Like, most of the dog scenes that they had that were like, that weren't like shots on the dogs were CGI. CGI dogs look pretty good, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, The Lion King, it's a freaking zoo. Like, they <laughs> animated a zoo and made it a movie. But, um, yeah, I thought a lot of these side characters, like, made this... Mark Strong's character as well um, plays... Like, they all this really good, like, ensemble feel. Right. The guy who does her d- d- designs, like, him too. They come Archie, together... Yeah, yeah they Artie. have this... already. yeah. They have this um, really nice ensemble cast feel by the end of the movie. Um, and she's kind of like the driving force behind it. And it's like, they all kind of go to bat for her, which is great. I mean, I, I love, I love how they did that. Um, she really felt like a hero by the end of the movie. And it was because of this, the cast of characters coming together and really help her. Yeah. Yeah. Artie, um, Anita too. They really, they really expanded on, on the significance of their relationship. You know, Anita is the one who, her, the dog owner of Perdita and one of the Dalmatians. They really expand on their relationship too. Mm -hmm. And, um. She really gets her standing by having this support group around her. Even though she is the one in control and in charge of everything, she couldn't have done it without them, and I know that she knows that. So yeah. I, I really loved the way that they use those different characters. Yeah, I did too. I think this brings us to the number, the main event, which is Emma Stone as Cruella. Mm-hmm. I think she 
She killed it. Yeah, I, I, she awesome. was she was really good. <laughs> I mean, I think that Emma Stone is pretty underrated as an actress. She's amazing. she doesn't get I think as much credit, and I think she gets as many roles as she she should. She she's amazing. I, I she's a fantastic actress. She's in so many good yeah. things. Um, that, like just you, she's in things that you forget that you totally forget yeah. about. She, she could play side characters. She could be the main character. She can be in La La Land with Ryan Gosling and like be almost like probably better than Ryan Gosling in that yeah. movie. Yeah, she's, um, she, she's, she's really so great. many, you know, La La Land. She's in The Help. She's in yeah. the Spider-Man movies. Like yeah. she can do like her, her range of what she can do as an actress is insane. Like she can play, I've seen her play so many different characters. And I love, because I think that that's especially important for this movie because of the difference between Estella as this like little orphan girl who, you know, just keeps messing up and doesn't know why she's the way she is, turning into, you know, her her coming of age years when she, you know, is starting to get her standing and then turning into Cruella, who is this iconic, you know, yeah. villain, but also this was a uh, character with so much more depth and a character who just wants her revenge and she just wants to make her standing. And I think that Emma Stone having that wide range within her is what made the movie. If it was a different actress, I don't know if it would have been able to have been pulled off in the same way. I agree. I think, you know, earlier we talked about, like, what when they're doing these uh, live-action villains, Angelina Jolie, like, they cast these villains, like, they cast an actress or actor for a villain, and it, always, it usually works out great. Yeah. Angelina Jolie is Maleficent, and now Emma Stone is Cruella. I think, I mean, just great casting. Yeah. I think she really nails the, like... I could see her becoming the older version of Cruella yeah, in her 101 exactly. Dimensions. I, I could absolutely see that. Uh, I think she she really just nails the performance. Right. Um, she's really great. Mm-hmm. So, appreciation for her. I think I think she should get all the credit yes. for, for that. <laughs> um, also, I thought her, like, the script and her the way she was written was, right. was really well done. So, oh, yeah. yeah, that pretty much... Um, brings it home here for talking about Cruella. Uh, I think really, really actually surprising. The Rotten Tomatoes, I think, were a little unkind. It, it was a 70, which you're probably saying, like, oh, Brendan, that's fresh. Like, that's good. But, like, this movie, I think we agree, probably deserves, like, close to an 80. Yeah. Um, at least, like, an 80. Um, definitely. Uh, it's up there uh, with other, I think, uh, live-action Disney movies that are, you know, based on some animated. Um... I wanted to say one more thing. I we stayed for the there's a mid credit scene. Oh yeah. So if, yeah. if you're watching the theater, don't forget to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just this like maybe like three or so minutes of this little connection to 101 Dalmatians, mm-hmm. and I I loved it because they added the original Quilla Deville song. Yeah, and, I, we were like waiting. Yeah. We were like it has to play that song. That song <laughs> and, is and iconic. And they finally they finally, they did, finally that. did So I I liked that. I liked the tie. Yeah, she she bring she actually. We find out in this version of Hunter on Dimension, she actually gives Pongo and Perdita to the their two owners. Yeah. And then because she yeah she knows who them. knows mm-hmm. they're gonna meet one day and then have puppies, which is <laughs> I think is I think is a really really cool <laughs> exactly really cool uh, connection. Uh, yeah, so I love that. I just I loved it. Paid like a good amount of tribute to the original movie. I could see some elements of the Glenn Close live action Hunter yeah. on Dimensions, and and it was but it was just totally its own thing. Right. Uh, and it stands alone. So I thought, really well done. If you could give it, like, out of 10, what are you giving it? Just Cruella. I mean, I I really enjoyed this movie, and I'm also kind of a, a high rater in general. <laughs> Probably, I don't know. Eight. You can go halves. You can go halves. I would go, like, maybe 
eight and a half. Okay. Eight. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I'd probably it. give it like an eight, maybe like a seven and a half if I was feeling mean, but I, I'd probably give it an eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I liked it. Uh, it was up there. I think we were talking like Maleficent or Cruella, which one would you rather have? They're very different they're very movies. Very different. So it's yeah. hard to gauge that, but I think they're pretty close. Yeah, um, they're both pretty equal in their own yeah. right. Yeah. So I have an interesting question that I just thought about. We did not prepare this for the, the podcast. If you could pick one Disney villain to have their own origin movie, who would you pick? Ooh, that's a difficult. Their own, <laughs> and and specifically, let's go. Let's go away from like pre. Let's go away from like nineteen ninety on. Okay. Like Little Mermaid on. They're all they're just they're just redoing those movies. So it's like whatever. Like I take an old villain, maybe an underappreciated villain from like an old Disney animated classic. Right. And okay. if you could make a solo movie about them. I I had said this originally. I mean, I know that they're No, I I had said this originally yesterday cuz we were actually talking about it a little bit. I would be interested in seeing a uh, a Hook movie. Captain Hook. Mm-hmm. I think that would, that's like a totally different thing. I think it would be really interesting to see how that character becomes the way he is. Cause yeah. That's like a huh. yeah. <laughs> that 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 is definitely an interesting one. I did not think about that. If I'm being honest, um, yeah. There's there's I'm looking at like a list here. There's quite a few like Ursula. We're obviously getting that in Little Mermaid. We got Gaston already. We got Scar already. We got Jafar. <laughs> Um, I know they're doing a Hercules movie eventually. Yeah, there's like we're kind of kind of running out of or maybe of uh, villains mm, here to do. Yeah, no, yeah, because I I think that would be interesting because you could see maybe there's another reason why he hates crocodiles so much or why he doesn't like kids or how did he end yeah. up in Neverland as an adult? You know, like how did that happen? You know, what was his past story? I don't know. Mm-hmm. For me, I love Peter Pan. It's like one of my favorite <laughs> movies, Disney yeah. movies. So that. I think that would be like kind of wild. <laughs> yeah, I, I in on that. I I like that idea. I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback off that. I don't honestly have a good one. I just I knew <laughs> that you, you you'd movie. probably have a good one. Know, yeah, list. honestly, in the older Disney movies, there weren't a ton of really strong villains until we got to around like maybe uh, Sleeping Beauty era. <laughs> um, maybe Lady Tremaine. Yeah. Cinderella's yeah. stepmother. Interesting. That would be interesting. There there is definitely a lot of options. I think they should. I think Disney needs to recognize that even though, I mean, I'm sure that Little Mermaid's going to make a bank at the box office, <laughs> Lion King made a billion dollars, whatever, yeah. I know it makes money, but these are actually the stories that I care about more than just redoing what you've already done. Yeah, you need to, they need, if they can't come up with anything original yeah. for a while, then just expand, because these, those characters are very yeah. one tone, because back in the, you know, as much as we love Walt Disney animated movies... Back then, that those stories were very simple. You know, it was very much about yeah. the princess in distress and mm-hmm. the the nice Disney songs. You don't really get to look into the actual, yeah. the depth of the characters. And I think that now, people care about that more than they used to. And I think that that should be because these are lovable characters. And I think that, you know, getting to like know them better is what can people can still enjoy coming to see these Disney movies. You know, they're not going to be shot for shot remakes. They're going to be. A whole new thing, but yet also familiar. I think that that, that would be, that would really be good. Agreed. Agreed. Um, oh, here's an interesting one. Do you think Cruella should get a sequel? Oh, yeah. And if it gets a sequel, what what are we exploring? Are we just going to do 101 Dalmatians with Emma Stone? Or <laughs> They've already done that. Maybe not. 
Um, um what do you think? I, I think there probably is potential yeah, for a sequel down the road. It. Obviously they set up 101 Dalmatians at the end, but I feel like there is room for a sequel. And here's the cool thing. Even if they don't do another movie, this thing called Disney Plus exists. And turns out Disney really just can't stop themselves from green lighting shows on Disney Plus. So, like, she could very much get a Disney Plus show and we just find out about it and be like, oh, yeah, like, they're doing a Gaston and LeFou show, a live action show based on the 2017 Beauty and the Beast. Like, sure, like, (laughs) why not? Like, I think they could easily do that. Yeah, I... I'm going to go ahead and say I don't know because I think that they just, I'm not really sure what they would explore. I mean, we, we can see, but mm-hmm. maybe just her perspective of one of Dalmatians, maybe, you know, her not being so evil or mm-hmm. something because she's connected to Anita especially. Yeah. I think that might be interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll, yeah. I really like the way this movie ended too, yeah. so we'll see. I think it... Maybe exploring her kind of rise through the ranks and yeah, that could be kind of how she kind of becomes to become slightly obsessed with fashion. Yeah, that would, would, be, would be interesting. interesting. So, right. Um, obviously, this is like a spin on Hundred One Dalmatians and that character. I think Bravo to I mean, the whole team behind that movie. Yeah, that yeah. was super well done and just really creative. Right. Uh, in general, um, yeah. So great job there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much it for us. Yeah. Uh, Really love Maleficent. If you haven't seen it, uh, I would highly recommend it. I'd go check it out. It's a, a pretty fun time. It's kind of fast-paced. It, the pacing's great. It never gets, like, a lull. There's not a, really a lull moment yeah. at all during the movie. Uh, so if theaters are open near you and you want to hit up a theater for, I mean, it could be the first time you've been to a theater in over a year. Uh, I remember we went in July yeah. <laughs> of last year when Tenet you, came out. You said Maleficent. Did I say Maleficent? You said Maleficent. Oh. I meant Cruella, Cruella. not Maleficent. <laughs> Uh, go watch Cruella <laughs> or Maleficent. Maleficent's good too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, definitely check out Cruella. I think it is worth a watch. Right. Um, and yeah, I guys, I promise that like, this is the last time we will go on a break. I promise. Yes. Um, like we're not going to do that again. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff coming out this summer and this is actually going to be one of the most packed fall and winter seasons of movies I think we've ever had. Yeah. Um, so that should be a ton of fun. I know the trailer for Eternals came out. Wow, that movie looks really incredible. Um, so there'll be a lot, a lot of movies for us to talk about. So stay tuned for that. Adri, thanks for joining me, yeah. as always. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Yeah.